Hey there, it's Trisha, and this is my new podcast, Two Feet Forward. I have always loved the saying by Pablo Picasso, the meaning of life is to find your gift, and the purpose of life is to give it away. And you know what? I am about to give my gift away to you. And you know what it is? It's to share with you the reinvention journeys from people in my life and ones I've met along the way. They all have awesome stories to share with you about just how they've transformed their lives, sometimes by design and sometimes by default, like me. I hope by hearing their stories of reinvention and transformation that you realize they've done it, I've done it, and you can too. Just put your two feet forward because you know what? It's never too late. So I hope you enjoy listening to their stories and if you do, please share. Okay, let's get into it. When you're depressed, life makes no sense. Mm. Hi everybody, it's Trisha here from Two Feet Forward. And I am fortunate enough to have Tamara Solis with me today. Tamara's a life coach, she's an author, she's a master practitioner of NLP. And she is the person that I have called for several years my Sifu because she is also a Wing Chun instructor. Welcome, Tamar. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Thank you. It's an honor to be here on your podcast. I love it. So. Give us a little snippet. A little snippet of my life. Where shall we start? So, first of all, I love helping people. My passion is to truly help people overcome themselves. This is something that I had to do for myself at one stage, at many stages actually through my life transformation. I had to transform my life from being a complete leaf in the wind rebel. had everything given to me and at some point... I had to realize that I had to take full responsibility and control for my life because it was at a time where I I fell into a deep depression diagnosed by a medical professional as clinically depressed and as a result uh, just living with this monster that is depression you know you can never put your finger on it and all the overwhelming feelings that you have, you are going through darkness when you are in depression. Now, it was a time for me where I, I guess, had to reevaluate everything that I was doing and ask myself, well, what is my purpose? What am I here to do? What am, I, what am I doing, first of all? And what do I truly want to do? Because up until that stage, what I found myself doing when I had this time to reevaluate, right? The moment, the time to, to look at my life, to audit. I was just doing what everybody else was doing. Which was? Which was, you know, I ended up getting engaged at some point. Now looking back, I realize it's, it wasn't something that I truly wanted to do. <laughs> you look next door to the Joneses and you go, well, they're doing it. Maybe I should do that as well. But you know, I wasn't really conscious. You're just trying to go about the motions of life. And not on a complete conscious level. So you're wearing this costume and you're putting a mask, you know, for everybody. 
And so I remember writing two lists, what I don't want and what I do want. And when I did this, uh, I realized, oh my God, I've been living a lie all these years. I've been living a lie all these years. My parents got divorced twice. I had a very, I guess, lonely childhood. My sister was one of my supporting rocks. My mother and father were trying to figure out their life, right? Because as I understand it now, um, everybody's just trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Nobody's an expert at life. That's right. No, no map. Right. So I understand when we're children and you have conflict in the family, you're the one who's looking. You're the one who's observing everything, observing what is going on, the chaos, the conflict, whatever it is, the drama, right? And you're trying to do the best that you can with what you have. Mm. With what you have, you know, nobody has a manual, right? So this is the manual, read it, instructions for life. Nobody mm. has, there isn't a manual for life. So you got to figure it out on your own. And so, you know, dealing with all of these things but not on a conscious level. When I say conscious level, I mean, when you get to a point in your life, when you have the opportunity to have depression, and this is something that maybe we could discuss a little bit later, the mm. opportunity of depression, and to see it as an opportunity. Because when you get to a point in your life where you need to evaluate and assess what you've been doing, mm. you know, when life makes no sense, when you're depressed, life makes no sense. Mm. And it just means that the life that you've been living in your timeline, right? In your, in your lifeline, your life timeline, you know, you got to ask, is this, is this truly what I want? Do I want to continue living this life? Perhaps not. And the, the, this is biggest fear that people go, well, but what else am I going to do? Let me ask you something. Was there a moment in time where you realized that this exact thing you're talking about, was there one uh, epiphany moment where you can see yourself standing there thinking, I need to get my life, I need to transform it, either by, as this podcast is about, by design or default? What was that? By design or default, absolutely. So... After I got diagnosed with clinical depression. Mm. How old were you? I was 25. Okay. I was 25. And one of the psychiatrists prescribed me with many different types of medication, mm. from Prozac to Zoloft to Epilin, which is like a, an, um, something, a drug that they prescribe to people who have epilepsy, oh. uh, to try and help people who have depression. And eventually none of these worked and so the psychiatrist said why don't you try this other thing and it was an antipsychotic and I never had any bursts of psychosis or anything like that I was just depressed and I didn't know where my life was going so I sought out medical help because at the time I didn't know any alternative right right up until this stage I was copying and living my life with the data, the information that I had in my inner circle, my family, everybody went to psychologists, everybody went to psychiatrists. The only thing I knew. How, I want to continue with that, but how do you as a person know that you're depressed? I know that seems like a crazy question, but that you need help. 
you're at a time in your life where just, like you said, nothing was going the way and that made you realize that it was depression? Mm. Or was it when you got to a doctor and they said, this is the label? Yeah, no. So the, the, the symptoms were very clear. Mm. The symptoms were, you know, you get up in the morning, mm. um, you have some energy. Mm. Some days you do, some days you don't. But when you have the energy, you get up and then suddenly... I'd be making my bed, for example. Everybody makes their bed, right? And with energy, and then suddenly, nothing. There is this sudden, what am I doing? What's happening? And you have no energy. Just suddenly, just, you know, like, when you turn on the light, the light is on, and suddenly somebody turns off that light, and you go, what happened? It's dark now. So I'd sit on the edge of my bed, half made, and I'd go, why? What just happened? What happened? Like, why suddenly you have no energy? I was buzzing a second ago. Now I'm not. And you're totally aware of this. And then, and it was, it was the, you know, my mind was saying, well, what just happened? Right. The light was on. The light's now off. Mm. I'm still here, but now I have no desire to continue to make the bed. Oh wow! Right. So th- those moments kept occurring. Okay. Quite, you know, frequently, and that frequent enough for me to, to question. Okay. Right. Soon enough, you still have, you know, dealing with your life. And soon enough, as these moments kept occurring, I just had less and less energy. Okay. My hair was pale, my face was pale. And it was like, so what is the meaning of all of this? That's when you'd really question, what's the meaning of life? I want to do these things, but I can't. Right? So it is an invisible because you can't put your finger on it, right? Because mm. you don't understand it. But so so they've prescribed you. So after trialing many medications, which didn't work for me, and that made me question why, you know. So there's more to this, you know. There's more to life than medication. And one day, being on these antipsychotics that I was prescribed by uh, an MD, it, I couldn't move my hands. So this type of medication prevented signals from my brain to my limbs, to my hands, oh, to my, my feet. So I am on this medication. And then, you know, you, you don't know any better. So you do, you take it, right? right? Supposedly, this person in front of you knows better. A professional, yeah. And uh, you take it and you go, all right, I'm going to try it. We'll see what happens. Nobody knows what's going to happen. You just have to try it. So I am sitting there and I'm... <laughs> trying to grab a glass and I couldn't. It'll take me five minutes to grab a glass of water. Like half an hour to shower. Mm-hmm. How, like take one step to go to the kitchen. It was just, it, it would take me forever. And at one stage, I had enough. I was fed up. I said, I don't want to live my life like this. This is stupid. You can't function. This is, no, because it was like a life sentence. You're going to be depressed for the rest of your life and you need to be on medication for the rest of your life because we have no cure. And this is what they tell you straight up. This is in 2005 at the time. In Australia, of course. Yeah. So, all right. So you're telling me this is for life. So being in this state, in this mental state, emotional state, it's more of a mental state, really. It's not an emotion because you have no emotions. Right. The drugs numb out all of your emotions. So you're not in contact with sadness, fear, anger, nothing. You're just numb. Numb. But the only thing that, that I could see was you know i could still question things Mm. 
And I think this was the culmination, to answer your question, <laughs> after all of that, to wrap it up back to the circle, is I was able to question, what am I doing? What is happening? I don't want to live my life like this for the rest of my life. I'd seen it. It's been generational in my family. Mm. I don't want to live like this. It's, it's crazy. So I'm going to put a stop to it. And that day I grabbed the pills and as I could, I put them in the bin. And it was just this sense of, wow, I've made the biggest decision of my life. You know, I was like, oh my God, you know, I felt, I felt free. <laughs> and that was the culminating moment where I was fed up with living in that way. Just existing. That's right. Mm. I, I know there is more to life. I can't live like this. It's, who wants to live like this? So I just put him in the bin. It's, it's not for me. And you've <laughs> been on a journey since then where you have dedicated pretty much your whole career and your life since then to yes. helping others That's right. f- from depression, anxiety and all that, but holistically and naturally naturally. Because you've proved to yourself that that you did that Naturally, that leap yes. yourself yeah. naturally. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. So yeah. tell us, from that point, you threw those in the bin. Yeah. You were elated. Yes. You had this feeling. I had of this electrifying feeling that through my body, through my... It was incredible. The new me. Yeah. The moment you took your two feet forward. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm visualizing you in the kitchen now. You've but, been to uh, the kitchen. Yes. And... Honestly, that's that's such a decision that you made at that moment in time that has structured, in a way, the rest of your life. So tell us what you said in the beginning about how depression was actually something that you're grateful for. Yeah, an opportunity, an opportunity to revise, you know, the purpose, my purpose in life. Before then, I didn't know that I had a purpose. This wasn't a language that was spoken in my house or anywhere, you know. But I discovered, oh, we have to find it. i got to find my purpose. What is my purpose? My purpose isn't, right now, how I don't want to live is I don't want to be on a life sentence of medication for the rest of my life because, no, I believed there was more to life than this. Inside of me, there was just this knowing, no, this is, this is nonsense. What was your first step? First step was making that decision. Which is, as we know, the out of a, hardest. Out of a burst of um, just, it was anger, right? So, no, I'm not going to deal with this. This is not, this, this is not I don't want to live my life like this. It was, it was that emotion. It right. was like, no, I'm changing my life. <laughs> changing everything. <laughs> changing and it changed that one moment changed everything everything to the point where you know this is when you begin to make miracles in your life when you make decisions like this when you have this spark it just lights up you know from within it was that same week i went for a walk into town into chinatown and just by a miracle i came across this incredible academy that would change my my life's course for the next four years. And tell us what that was. My passion, martial arts, had always been my passion. I studied Kung Fu when I was six years old. And, you know, throughout my different life stages, I continued to practice, but it was never 
a life-changing discipline. I think it was more of a foundation. Right. I never took it serious enough for it to be a life-changing practice up until that moment. But finding this place, I revisited home again. You felt that in I felt. Soul. I felt definitely. I felt this, wow, kung fu. And when I went back to six years old, that purity, the innocence, wow, wow, this is home for me. I raced up the stairs when I saw the instructor courses available. And I remember my teachers, about when I was six, was all these memories coming right back with energy through the body. So I raced up the stairs, knock on the door. And I, when I walked into that place, you know, the feeling, Trish, it was the same as the feeling of when I trained when I was a child. Oh, that same wow. peace, that same peace, the home, it was just that synchronicity. It was just like, wow. So can I please sign up? I signed up in my life. From there, it changed. This is when I began to take it seriously. didn't just want to train for the sake of training. I wanted to train because to become an instructor, you have to learn how to give back. And it was something that I hadn't learned how to do up until the age of 25. Wow. So when I look back now and think, so all I did for 25 years was take. I never learned how to share. And if anyone finds themselves feeling depressed at the moment, you got to ask yourself, where are you not sharing in your life? Because it's through sharing that we have this continuity, right? This so the cool. circuitry, mm-hmm. right? When you're sharing a view, right? When you're sharing of your gift, if you find your gift, if you haven't found your gift, please, I ask everyone, just look inside for one second. Become interested in who you are, not in what you can get from life, because life will give you. Because this is how the universe works. We're constantly receiving, but what are we sharing? What part of us are we sharing? So this is what I didn't know. And this is the journey that I had to go through for for four years, full, full time. I was a lucky recipient of all that training because, yes, you trained my husband and I for several years. Yes, by the universe, me finding you as well. So that is the first step. And what you said, that's one of the sayings I love. I always introduce in the podcast, the meaning of life is to find your gift. Yeah. But the purpose should be to give it away. And that's exactly... And this and is that's what gives what, you life. Yes. And this is what gives you life. In one of your Tamar Has Many Things podcasts, YouTube, we'll get into that at the end. But one of your things that I loved was when you talk about the art of asking for help. Yeah. I know I'm going off, but because you brought it's up the, the, the circle, it's yeah. to be a good giver... You have to be a good receiver. Absolutely. It's not always easy. The art of asking for help. A lot of people, you know, there's, there's a lot of pride that clouds our ability to share in the world. Mm. You know, a lot of insecurity as well. Pride is also insecurity, you know, the sister, uh, the mm. cousin of uh, pride. So when we share and somebody receives, they're also sharing with us mm. and vice versa. Or somebody give to us and we are the receiver we are helping them to share and this is the beautiful circuitry of life mm. when I walked into the academy to ask for help I was thinking there's professionals here that are gonna help me I mean my life was a mess mm. it was chaos I needed to be surrounded by people who really knew what they were talking about 
Obviously, in an environment such as martial arts environment, a training academy, these people don't muck around. Which is probably what you needed. Exactly. That's why I felt at home. So they are sharing what their seafood shared with them. Yeah. They found in themselves their gift, right, by cosmic synchronicity, mm. right, having the finding the right teacher. Once you receive from a teacher, the least you can do is pay it forward. Mm. Yeah. And right? was that your intention? you got to ask for help. Yeah. you got to get out of yourself to ask for help. Mm. Asking for help is the greatest gift. It's the greatest gift because you, when you don't, and you are immersed in your own pride, right? Or you feel shame or guilt for asking for help, you know? These are, these are curtains that prevent you from accessing the blessing, mm. right? So shame, guilt, pride, insecurity. No, I don't want to ask because I don't want to bother them. No, no, no. We need to be stronger than this and say, no, I need to ask for help because I need to give somebody the opportunity to share. That right there. Yeah. It's hard for me. This is why it takes so long for this podcast because I didn't want to ask for help. So a perfect example of that. But that right there, taking me years to learn and how I uh, describe it to people when someone says, like, you try to give them something like, no, 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 because that's the first thing I'll do. No, no, no. The joy that you feel when you're going to do something for someone or like you found something that is so that person. It doesn't have to be something big, but something that reminds you. You want to give it and you're so excited inside to like, oh my gosh, I can hardly wait. And that feeling that you get, if someone refuses it, that feeling you've just taken it away from yeah, that yeah, person exactly. because exactly. that's how it is. Yeah. You have to be able to receive it and say, oh, well, thank you so much without saying, no, yeah, no. Yeah. So it's the circle. It's the circle of sharing. Yeah, it so is, and I never realized it that way. And someone said to me, Trish, just ask for help. They will want to help yeah. you. And I'm like, oh, the yeah. same thing you said. I don't want to bother. I don't yeah. want to put my problems on someone else. But the, yeah. a and person will light up. Yeah, of course. We're here to assist each other. Yes. Right? And you're giving them that opportunity yeah. to go, I'd love to show you how to do that. Because that's something that I know how to do. And obviously, we don't know how to do everything, right? So those things, it's like, what's that say in business? Do what you're good at. And pay someone, someone to, do to do what you're not good at. Okay, exactly. do not try to be a one-man band or one-woman band. Don't do it because it's never gonna work out. You pay someone else, or you get a good friend <laughs> to come in that's good at that, right? Yeah. Because it just and it's the same concept, isn't absolutely, it? It absolutely. is the same concept. Collaborate, collaborate with each other. I just saw an image in my mind when you have two people who are sharing. You draw a golden circle in between these two people. And when you're sharing and receiving, imagine this golden circle of fire who's just continuously, there's circuitry between the two energies, the two people just sharing. It's a circle. It's true. It is a circle of fire, right? That just continues to give. And you share that. You take that. You expand with that. So you went from the Wing wing Chun. Mm -hmm. You did that for four years. Yeah. I took it certified to be a Kung Fu instructor. Wing Chun Kung Fu instructor, and um, when I when I was able to change my life, mm. you know, through the osmosis of 
the discipline, mm. I realized, wow, there's something here. Because the wonderful thing, to heal yourself naturally, and I have proven this in my own life, and now that I can pass it on to other people, I see them you know, light up naturally. It's incredible. Within the first six months, I walked into the academy still feeling very anxious, still feeling very overwhelmed, still with depression. Right. right? And within six months... I remember very, very clearly six months of no drugs. Right. Right. No antidepressants, none of that. Just training and going against my fears. My biggest fear was at the time I had anxiety. I couldn't face the world. I just have this fear, right? Right. It's anxiety. And over, overwhelmed. I'm not good enough. I don't know what they're going to think of me. And all of these emotions and feelings that a lot of people can relate with. Exactly. These are the symptoms of this cloud. And so within... Six months of pursuing, making yourself, and getting and just, up and going. Per, yeah, I remember I was in the bathroom in the academy, and I showered and I was ready to go home. And I picked up my bag, and my bag felt lighter. And it was just a, a really beautiful experience. It's light. Why is it light? Am I missing something? And I went through it. <laughs> now I've got everything. And I've put it on, and I'm walking, and I'm like, but I feel so light. What have I left behind? There's something that I left behind. And I remember looking over my shoulder, and nothing, nothing on the floor. No. And then I went, the anxiety wasn't there anymore. It had vanished. The depression wasn't there anymore. It was this clarity in my mind. It's like, I don't feel anxious. I don't feel depression. It was like a renewal of energy. It was just a one of the most, it's hard to describe in words. Um, I hope that many people can relate or have felt this. So if you haven't, please look forward to this moment because it does happen. This is the miracle of life. Life is amazing. It's an amazing experience. When you open up yourself to find more, all of us, we have this hunger. That I know there is more to life. Please pursue it. Pursue it and don't let anybody tell you that you're crazy or that you're looking at a dream that doesn't exist because it does exist. It does exist. There is magic in life. This was one of the magical moments that I experienced. It's like, I don't have it. It's gone. It's gone. How did you explain it's gone? You don't have it anymore. It's just vanished. It's not part of your cellular memory anymore. At a cellular level, you no longer have anxiety or depression or overwhelm. Life has upgraded. You upgraded because you made the effort. You pushed through all of those obstacles, mental obstacles. Right. Right? Mental challenges. Mm. Right? There's no physical challenge, really. All the challenges are in our minds. Mm. There was nothing to tell me physically I should be fearful of walking out my door. It was a mental challenge. It was mental fear. So keep pushing through that push, push, and then I promise you that it just go away. Everyone is listening. It's a state of mind. It's yeah, it's a changing that state. That muscle build. It's a muscle you build. Wow. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about the book that you wrote. The key the, to happiness. The key to happiness. Why did you write it? I wanted to. So fifteen years of walking the road less traveled. I realized I wanted to summarize the frames of mind that prevent us from accessing our true potential. And so we hear this everywhere. It's very common. It's time will heal. Yeah, that's a common saying. And what time does heal, yes, and it is true. You can also use your present time to heal consciously. Right. 
Yeah. There's two ways to healing. Time will heal heartache, yes, for sure. Time will heal loss, of course. You need to grieve, you need to go through a process, that's true. Depression and the feeling of overwhelm, you will heal it in the present moment when you make a decision. You can't heal your heart in the present moment as this is going to go away. When you're in love and you lose a loved one, for example, it takes time because the process of grieving, you need to go through that. But when you are depressed, you can't tell yourself time will heal this and just wait for and hope for um, something to it's not a miracle. Happen. Yeah, it doesn't happen. You, we have the ability as conscious human beings to say, "All right, I'm depressed right now. This is my condition, but I will change it right now." The time, this present time, stands still for us if we just allow ourselves to walk through that window in our minds. I am healing now. I summon healing right now. And this is one of the most powerful tools that we can utilize to shift our condition. Right? Because we're not just tapping into our minds. We actually utilize in our spiritual faculties. Hmm. That's how we become inspired in the second. If we just allow this window of time, just let time stay still. Be present. And save yourself. No, I'm healing now. I'm healed. Is this how you stay so... Like, you are such a peaceful and grounded person. I remember going to your training and walking through the gate. It was just a feeling that overcomes because when someone is around you, your peacefulness rubs off. So how do you... Grounded through this, through, what you're through. just talking about. The, the moment, so being present in the moment is what I learned through martial arts. Your mind is rushing with overwhelm, with anxiety, with fear, but yet you're in a training hall surrounded by people who have walked the road before you. Mm-hmm. In a sense, you surrender to that or with that, and you give yourself the time to be present. And at the beginning, it was forcing myself to be present and doing the forms and doing the practice and coming out of myself. But there was so much cultivation of mind during the training. And this is how, in a nutshell, I discovered that there is a window. Time is a space. Time is a space. And you can utilize this time to transcend if you allow yourself to quiet, to silence the outside noise. The silence in the inner noise as well, you know? People get irritated because it's outside noise, but the irritation truly comes from within. You gotta train the mind, you gotta train the body. Because the mind and the body and the spirit, the tools, right? it's an instrument. This body that we have is an instrument. And when you utilize it as an instrument, and you train it, and you teach it, how to silence, how to stay calm. Especially today, everything's so fast. I believe this is the reason why there's so much mental conditions today that are just sprouting out of every, every corner, you know, somebody's suffering. Because we have lost interest in our spirit. We have lost interest in our mind. Because our minds are constantly busy with what I got to do next. You got to do nothing. Just stay there for a second and rebalance, recalibrate. 
recalibration of the central nervous system. Just stay, stay and sit, knowing that the fire is still within. You're the only person who can control this fire. You know, no tablet, no psychiatrist, no psychologist is going to teach you. You got to do it yourself. Yes, there's information out there that you can read, but eventually, no matter how many books you read, if you don't practice, no matter who you see, if you don't practice, if you don't bring mind, body, and spirit into your life, it's impossible to change. It's impossible to feel better. You're going to be looking for something to make you feel better. It doesn't happen. The better is inside. Better is connect your mind, your body, your spirit. But you got to be interested in yourself. You got to love yourself. You got to be interested in yourself. So, what is your routine? What would you say when you wake up in the morning? You have a routine because I'm yeah. I'm quite interested. How uh, is this? meditation you're talking about is this a form of meditation because you're saying you, you've got to do it yourself and quiet your mind where a lot of people like I would say for myself it's hard for me to meditate because of what you just said I got so many things going on in my head to quiet what would be your routine yeah so basically in the mornings I like to have my mornings to myself mm-hmm. right at least two hours I don't wake up at 5, like most people do. Are you part of the 5 a.m. club? No, I'm not. I wake up whenever I want to wake up. Like, you know, sometimes it's 5. Sometimes it's rising with the sun. But I'd like to give myself two hours in the morning for me. Right. Because they're the most important. Those two hours are the most important hours in the day. It is how you will deliver. It'll determine how you will deliver your energy during the day. It'll determine how connected you are to, to receiving the messages from the universe, in a sense. To see where do I need to put my energy today? Right, Because often we go from yesterday's list, to-do list. Exactly. And that's okay. We always, we always have a to-do list, but do you have a being list? Ah. How would you like to be today? We have a to-do list, but get, get in the zone of your being list. Sometimes we may wake up with yesterday's stress, for example... If you give yourself time in the morning, before you, you get onto your to-do list, don't jump into your to-do list straight away. Switch it up. You know, what is my being list? And you can do an exercise, you could write it down. Sometimes I write, or sometimes I put on my favorite music. Do you dance? Dance to your favorite music? Don't really dance. It's not a dancer, but, um, but I, I like to feel good. I okay. like to feel good. Sometimes it's silence. Okay. Right? I never turn on the news. I don't watch television. Please, it's, I don't want to tap into the first thing I don't want to do in the morning is tap into the reality that is outside because it's something that I cannot control. So I don't want to borrow it. I want to connect myself to what do I need? Where do I need to put my energy today? Yes, I'll get to my to-do list, but first I need to connect with my being list. Am I being grateful? Am I being kind to myself, first of all? Right? How am I going to share today? That being list. How do you want to be today? Kindness, giving, sharing, gratitude. Am I happy today? Right? Connect. Connect. Because otherwise, we're on autopilot otherwise. We're on the autopilot of yesterday's recordings, of yesterday's data. Yeah. And when you follow yesterday's data, what's happening is you're not creating anything new. You're going by yesterday's data. So tap into your... So keep, give yourself an hour. I give us two hours, really. Very extravagant. It's a luxury that we have. So. But, you, but life is time. Yes. 
we have to consider how important our time is. If you know we've given this gift of life by the universe, by God, however you like to connect the source, right? We all have different names for it, but it's just the one infinite source, right? That provides us with life. So how do you connect with that every day? Ask yourself the question. Don't, you know, copy what I do. I ask you to connect with yourself. What would you like to give today? If you're feeling overwhelmed, well, then how would you like to feel? Just let it go. Let go of the day. Let go of the, the program and open up your own program. Open up your new dimension. It's how you will bring more blessings into your life. Yeah. So when we're conscious of the energy that we are, first of all, giving to ourselves, we're not being reactive. I gotta do no, jail. <laughs> it's the reaction that Ask. always gets us, isn't it? Ask, connect. Where does my energy really, truly need to be today? And you will find that your day will just flow. <laughs> and this is why I would say you're not a reactive person at all, no, because you be. just <sighs> flow. Learn through these through martial arts, you know. Somebody, you know, it's shaping up against you. What's the first thing you gotta do? You can't react to it. You gotta relax. You know, in an altercation situation, for example, somebody's shaping up. Let's just say, you know, somebody wants conflict with you. The first thing that we learn in martial arts is, hey, relax. I, I have to tap into my relaxation in my mind first, right? So that I can deal with this individual who in, could be intoxicated, who's just going through rage, right? In his mind, I gotta find a way to ease the situation. Right. If I'm yeah. reactive, you know, the conflict happens, conflict right. occurs. So first, I gotta settle myself first to truly assess the situation, truly assess if I'm in danger or not. Otherwise, it, it yes, really turns past. If straight. it comes from a reactive state, it's That's right. not, yes. That's right. So the training of the mind is it's to be relaxed, it's to not react. Because when you react, mm, things mm. become difficult. So pause. Take a second, that second exists, that second is so big. But when we react, everything accelerates, doesn't it? Yeah. When we're reactive, wow, you flush with this emotion, emotion, the ego, the ego comes up. And that's when we, when you say something, when conflict starts, you say, everything happens so fast, I don't know how it happens. <laughs> it's true, right? But when you pause, you pause and you let go. So that would be your yeah. suggestion, like yeah. even in a verbal yeah. conflict, yeah. instead yeah. of yeah. reacting, the first thing you want to say is no. Yeah, uh, just uh, to yourself. So, just, or in negotiation, we say, I agree with the person. Yes. I agree with the person who's arguing. You say, I, I understand, I agree with you. Now, how would you like, how can we move forward in the most amicable way? That is such a great approach and one that I think, it does not come naturally. It doesn't in train, we, yes. We but it's train. not usually the first instinct to do, yeah, is it? Yeah, the first one is like, oh. But you're right. Yeah. But hearing that from you and knowing the person that you are and how calm you are, you can see that about you. And if there's a conflict, it would be an amicable result. Yeah. It has been so fantastic having you here and actually in person. In person, very it's fortunate. So this is beautiful. Thank you. So tell us, uh, Tamar mm. Sifu, uh, how can people connect with you? I'm everywhere on social media. My YouTube, Tamar Salas TV, 
Uh, people can go there where I upload every week. I upload new content, weekly bites of wisdom that people can have a look at. It's basically the channel exists to help people through their journey, to help people through overwhelm. I not only tell my story, but I, I have tools and a new perspective on the idea of mindfulness. How can we bring mindfulness into our lives so to make our lives easier? We don't become mindful overnight, but it takes one decision, and that decision can be an overnight decision, definitely. You know, that would transform your life. So that would be one of the first places. But you can find me on Instagram, you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. <laughs> She's pretty everywhere. Much, pretty much everywhere. I'd like to be omnipresent, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been a pleasure having you on Two Feet Forward. Thank you so much. Because you are the perfect example of putting your two feet forward all those years ago and giving and receiving. Giving is receiving. Giving is receiving and receiving is giving. giving. Yes, it's the circle. The yeah. circle. Yeah. Yes. All right. Thank you so much, Tamar, for being here and sharing your story with all of us on Two Feet Forward. And if you have enjoyed, which I'm sure you have, listening to Tamar's story, please share and subscribe. And I will see you next time. Oh, I won't see you, but you'll hear me. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>